This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE IntelliNews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE IntelliNews. Europe is an uproar after an EU commercial flight traveling between Athens and Vilnius carrying Roman Pratevich, the former chief editor of Belarus's Nechte telegram channel that was instrumental in last summer's protests, was forced to the ground by a MiG-29 fighter and Pratevich was taken into custody. He's being held on terrorist charges and released a video from the detention center yesterday where he seems to have been beaten and confessed to his crimes. His girlfriend, Russian national Sofia Sepega, has also been arrested and she also released a video this evening in which she confessed to being the author of The Black Book, a website that contains the contact details and personal information of many of the officers who carried out Lukashenko's brutal crackdown on the protesters following August 9th presidential elections last year. I talked to Tajish Gishan, who replaced Protasevich as the current editor-in-chief of Nechta, about what they know so far and where Belarus is headed from here. At the moment, you're the editor-in-chief of uh, Nechta, that's right? You, you've taken- yeah, that, that's, that, that's correct. Uh, I've been working uh, as a journalist starting for Nechta starting from uh, last August, and I think uh, in a couple of months uh, when Roman left, i uh, become an editor-in-chief uh, sometime in autumn last year. You took so I basically, re- basically replaced him, yeah. Yeah, and you're you're based in in Poland at the Nechta offices. Uh, actually, it's another interesting thing. Uh, uh, I've been I've been based in Warsaw from uh, from from September up until yesterday. Uh, yesterday was supposed to be the first uh, day of my week off, uh, so I came back to London where my family, my, my wife lives, right. and then uh, this whole thing happened. I mean, two days ago. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still based in Warsaw, but right now I'm I'm, I'm in London temporarily. So you guys must be very concerned. Um, I mean, where do we stand? What, what, do you, um, what do you know about Roman's whereabouts? We saw the video yesterday uh, from the detention center. He looked like he'd been beaten, at least there were mar- marks on his face, and he sort of confessed to all the crimes um, in a very deadpan way. I mean, w- what's actually going on as far as you know? Uh, in terms of uh, his whereabouts, we know that he's in KGB detention center, uh, the one uh, that is located in the KGB headquarters backyards in the very center of Minsk on the Independence Avenue. Right. Uh, the same uh, is true for his girlfriend, Sophia. Uh, uh, the only difference is that uh, Sophia's location has been officially confirmed. And in terms of Roman, we... Uh, we know it for a fact, um, but uh, from our sources, but it's, it hasn't been uh, officially revealed yet. Uh, in terms of what's going on with him, uh, obviously you've probably seen uh, the video, uh, the hostage video last night uh, from yesterday, where he says he's fine. Uh, don't worry about him. Uh, he's given. Uh, uh, he's cooperating with the investigation. You know, speaking in this manner, like I don't know, like a robot. Right. Um, so obviously we don't know maybe he was uh, he was uh, he could have been dragged you know he could have been beaten you know uh, everything's possible you've seen the the marks on his face on his neck uh, but the good thing is he's fine because there were reports earlier yesterday uh, coming from his mother that uh, he had heart uh, because he, he does have heart problems uh, right. uh, his mother he's, confirmed he's, that he's 26 years old 26 years old and 
people are sort of a bit skeptical about someone so young having heart problems. This this happens apparently. His mother said that he had heart problems before, and uh, everyone was worrying that you know uh, the stress uh, could 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 lead to something something bad, or the fact that he uh, the, the fact how he's been treated in uh, in the detention. Uh, but uh, luckily, uh, it seems like he's all right. He's all right. Uh, so. Uh, and we'll of course, see, there yeah. was um, that the other prisoner, um, fifty years old, died of a heart attack in jail just a week ago. Uh, yes, actually, the authorities just released the video of the, the last minutes of his life, which is uh, a bit—I don't know—it's uh, uh, not all right to re release something like that, like to prove that he wasn't in fact beaten to death or anything. Uh, and on this video, you can see uh, how um, he was—I uh, don't know urinating if it's uh -huh. like a, a radio term uh and uh, then lost consciousness and fall and uh hit uh hit a wall with his head and then uh the prison guard came and uh did nothing basically basically and then uh you have this cut off and uh because the, the whole video is cut into short scenes and uh next thing you, you see he um he how do you call it he blacks out again and uh Falls, again, falls on the ground again on the concrete floor and uh, it seems like it was the moment when he died and only after that uh, the prison guard came to actually do, do something about him. Um, and coming uh, back to, to the Roman story, I mean, what, what yeah. about lawyers? I mean, the 6,000 euros I saw was crowdsourced in order to pay for a lawyer for him and of course Sophia is a Russian national and I saw reported today that the consulate was asking permission to get in to see her. And as far as I know, there's no charges against her. I don't even understand what she's in jail for. Uh, she's been charged for alleged participation in August 2020 protests, but it wasn't specified what exactly uh, he did. Uh, she did only that she, she took part in the protest. Um, so uh, that's 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 uh, that's what she's been charged with. And in terms of the consulates, I mean, the Russian consulate has he been able to get in to see? Uh, him? I I don't I don't think uh, initially initially the Russian Russian embassy they I think they stated that uh, they don't they don't care they won't do this. Then they changed their mind. They said that they will be trying to uh, get access to Sofia. Um, by now, I don't think uh, Russian uh, um, anyone from Russian embassy actually actually visited her. Right. All we know, all we know is that uh, her family, her friends, uh, they tried to hire a lawyer, an independent lawyer, uh, but uh, the independent lawyer was denied uh, the right to to see her, and she was uh, granted. Uh, well, basically, a KGB lawyer, <laughs> which right. is uh, worse than worse than nobody. Uh, so um, I don't know. It's uh, it's been pretty dynamic. So I don't know how this thing stands right now. But I think uh, the she still hasn't seen seen a lawyer. Uh, the only other thing we know is that she got a right to. She had a telephone call with his mother, which is a very unusual thing because in Belarus, uh, after you've been uh, after you've been uh, arrested, apprehended, uh, people. Uh, you know that the, 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 any connection to the outer world is basically lost with you, right. and uh, having a this, phone call with his the, mother was probably a, 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 a gesture of goodwill because uh, she's a Russian national. This, yeah, sorry. Addition, this was in addition to this one-word text she sent Mama and then got cut off. This has been since this this Mama text. I think she sent from the from the plane or from the shuttle bus right. in the airport, and uh, the, the the phone call uh, and the phone call she had today. She had a couple of hours ago. And a lawyer for Roman, is, is he got one yet? I mean, uh, has any attempt been to connect to see him? Uh, 
they still haven't pressed any charges. Uh, technically, they still can release him within 72 hours after uh, he was apprehended. So I think um, legally wise, uh, uh, he's not, um, well, by, by now, he has no right for, for, for a lawyer, something like that, according to the right. Belarusian law. I might, I might be wrong, but uh, I think we need, ex- uh, we need to wait by tomorrow before okay. they're waiting it for it to die down do you know yeah. anything about um another aspect that's come up in the story was these four mystery russians that were on the plane and didn't rejoin the plane when it went on to vilnius and there's been some suggestion that the russian the fsb uh, or russians have been involved the kremlin's been involved in this whole story and that you know, people are pointing at these four mystery russians do you know anything about that well again it's been uh pretty controversial like there are lots of reports that contradict each other uh for instance uh the i think the ryanair the uh, the athens airport authorities uh the vilnius airport authorities the the the, the people who have actual access to the list of the passengers mm. they say there were four russians missing or to be precise uh there, there were six people people in total who didn't make it to vilnius mm. uh who left in minsk uh, uh and there are two belarusian citizens two belarusian nationals and four russian nationals so one of belarusian nationals is roman mm. one of russian nationals is sofia his girlfriend who is a russian mm. citizen so uh we're missing uh three russians and one belarusian uh the belarusian uh officials the belarusian tv they first stated that those people who didn't make it to vilnius were uh, Belarusian and Russian citizens who simply decided to, whose destination, whose uh, final destination were, was Minsk. So they, they decided to cut it short, you know, not go through Vilnius. But since they got this opportunity to, to, to get to Minsk directly, they, they decided to use it. But then they've changed their mind for some reason and, uh, and uh, showed an interview with a, Gre- uh, with a Greek and two Belarusians. So apparently now the official version is that there was a Greek guy and two Belarusians, but even you know the official versions contradict uh, themselves, so it's 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 hard to tell. And then again, uh, initially, uh, the very first hours after this whole situation with Roman became public, we had uh, we received reports from uh, passengers on board that there was uh, some sort of fight, like a uh, verbal fight. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's still unclear because uh, other passengers said there was nothing nothing like that not, not, nothing like that happened. So we still need to 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 wait probably for the Vilnius police uh, investigation results because they <coughs> they've questioned uh, most of the passengers who were on the plane. So uh, I think they'll come up with a press release or something in the in a few days' time. Again, you're right. I saw conflicting reports that there was one of the the passengers, presumably uh, you know a KGB operative, who who was put on the plane and then caused this commotion, uh, and that was what led to the claims of a bomb and then the plane being rerouted. But then there are other reports saying the bomb claim came from the Minsk uh, ATC, the air traffic control, and that it was because of the ATC in Minsk ordering them to reroute because they had these ridiculous Hamas uh, bomb claims. And, and that's what actually made the pilot turn. But we, we really don't have any clarity on that at the moment. So that's, that's, that's also true. And it doesn't explain, neither version doesn't explain the fact that uh, the jet fighter was used to accompany the plane, you know, to, to divert it to Minsk. Because initially, um, the original version was that uh, Lukashenko himself, it was actually written on Lukashenko's spokesman, uh, spokesperson, Telegram channel, mm. Pierre. Uh, she said that uh, 
Lukashenko took a brave decision, you know, uh, being concerned for everyone, uh, and he decided uh, to to send a military military jet to intercept the plane and uh, escort it to Minsk. Yeah. Uh, then they real, perhaps they realize that it's, it does sound like a air piracy or something. And uh, I think the, the, the most recent version doesn't mention uh, of, of the events doesn't mention the plane at all. But it's the most recent version, the one they've been, uh, I mean, the Belarusian officials been working for how long? Two days now. Yeah. Still contradicts yeah. itself, even itself, because uh, they said that... Uh, uh, on, on, on the, the transcript of the conversation between the pilot and the dispatcher in Minsk that they published, uh, the dispatcher said that uh, the information from uh, about the Hamas uh, Hamas bomb on board mm. was received from various airports, uh, not just Minsk, like uh, from a number of airports, uh, like Vilnius, Athens, which is obviously not true. Uh, they've all, all, already already you know. Um, uh, confirmed it's not it's not true. Yeah, denied it, and uh, Hamas itself denied it, <laughs> saying that it's not how we work. It's not how we do business. You know, people come on, be <laughs> be serious. If I was to put it to you that what actually happened, and and it, it seems very clear with all those confusing reports, what actually happened was that uh, Roman was flying back from Athens to the, to Lithuania, and that that his plane briefly passed through Belarusian airspace, which is under the control of Lukashenko. And Lukashenko, knowing that he was on the plane, took the opportunity to just blatantly force this plane down so that he could arrest Roman because he has, you know, Roman is one of the most wanted people by his regime for its role in the mass demonstrations and for the whole next phenomena that has, you know, basically made it impossible for him to crush this this revolt, this revolution. Is that a fair assessment, or is there something wrong? With uh, it's just need to be need to be emphasized that it was not. It was not a chance. Like they've realized, he's on a board while uh, the plane was already in the Belarusian airspace. Because we know for a fact that there were people following him in the Athens airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, dodgy Russian-speaking people who, uh, what's who seems to try to make sure to to like to confirm his identity because mm-hmm. they try to take pictures of his documents. They ask him questions, you know, out of nothing, some random questions just to make sure he speaks Russian, uh, things like that. And uh, you know. Uh, we are uh, on a like we, we we're, we've been we've been in touch with Roman all the time uh, up until his arrest and before boarding the plane uh, he texted us in a group chat that haha it's funny like <laughs> some KGB guys like following me here in Athens like haha he was like making fun of it and but it it seems like it, it seems now that it, it, it was nothing funny about it and this it was actual actual people actual operatives from secret services maybe not Belarus maybe Russia but. Uh, yeah, that in, was in, my in next question. Does that mean that the Belarusian KGB are now sort of abroad in the EU and that they're following people? I mean, you yourself are now in London. I mean, and you know, you're in Roman seats that you could have a KGB guy standing outside the tree in your garden, like making sure you're there. I mean, you guys are all in danger. Is that is that not something that worries you? Well, uh, I mean, uh, we next to every one of us, we receive. Uh, it's it's not an exaggeration to say we receive dozens of death threats every day. Uh, we've been doing. Uh, we've been getting them every day for I don't know since even since August even earlier, and uh, you know we, we weren't taking it them seriously up until. <laughs> Last Sunday, obviously, we were even like making fun of them, making fun about you know some S, uh, FSB people poisoning us with Novichok, or you know because we we, we constantly see some uh, some uh, some 
dodgy people walking around our office, our office in Warsaw, uh, like taking pictures of us coming, you know, entering living building. We have like two policemen guarding the entrance, but that's pretty much it. So if they want to follow us, you know, to our apartments, uh, it would be pretty easy for them, uh, for them, I would say. Uh, so we probably need to rethink um, our, you know, uh, our security measures. Because you had the, the prime minister came to visit the office last year when we spoke last about this, and and he did offer private, you know, a, a full security detail for all the staff. I mean, do you not think now that's something you might take up? Well, you know, they've also offered uh, a, any legal help, even for for Roman Protasevich, but you know, he was denied the the asylum in Poland. That's why. Uh, you know, even even like we received lots of, of of promises to help. You know, lots of you know kind words back in August. But uh, after after the topic of Belarus like disappeared from the front pages, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, we we've been left with nothing. <laughs> you know, uh, half of our people half of our people are illegal immigrants in Poland because they were all denied uh, like documents assistance, the right to to so work. The, the Polish have been falling over themselves in protest and, you know, the, 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 the vociferous uh, anti-Russian sentiment there. I mean, they, they have been doing a lot and are leading the European charge to sanction Russian. But when it comes to facts on the ground and support for you guys, you're saying you've not got enough or? Uh, Let's not answer this question, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Look, last question then. Um, the protests died down. As you say, they fell off the front page. We've been following it, but to be honest, there's not been that much news that uh, incredibly determined, low-level protests continues, atomized in the regions. People were out in the streets today protesting, but in small numbers. And do you think the whole thing has just lost its momentum? I mean, where does it go from here? Now the warm weather's coming back. Uh, is it going to be mass rallies again? Well, what happens next? Well, uh, first of all, people are rational and uh, their behavior is pretty rational. People, uh, you know, those large marches with uh, hundreds of thousands of people or in, uh, in, in, in uh, August and September or like tens of thousands in November, October, November, uh, it was the result of the fact that people believed that uh something could change like their their action you know their protesting their rally they, those rallies they can lead to to a real change uh pretty soon that they can somehow affect what's going on uh well it turned out that um you know the regime stays still is pretty strong that you know and uh so uh so there how do you call it the consequences of taking to the streets uh, became extremely extremely uh extremely dangerous because you can be beaten severely beaten you will most likely go to to jail if not if not for a couple of years then for sure you'll you'll get your two or four weeks of uh of of detention mm. and um on the other side people realize that it, the, those marches they won't lead to our uh to our to a real change pretty soon because uh because we, we perhaps the most likely uh, the most likely way of get rid of Lukashenko is now through economies through some economic measures you know mm -hmm. uh, to 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 you know to ban uh, um, to somehow uh, to sanction you know uh, his uh, uh, how would you say it 
Well, it's cut, him off, cut, him off, cut him off from the money. I mean, the, yeah, cut him off from the money. You know, the, the ban of the petrochemical Belarusian sector. You know, uh, to to ban Belarusian supplies of uh, oil products to Europe, things like that. Yes, and then uh, that's that, that that's why we don't see any any big marches. But people, you know, Tikhanovsky offices, some other initiatives, they would try to influence. They they work with the European counterparts to influence uh, so the European it. decision maker. Yeah, that's that, that's what's been going on in Belarus in recent months, basically. In, in that sense, I mean, Tikhanovskaya was, was touring Europe and drumming up support and keeping the issue alive and, and did a fantastic job. But, but actually now the weight has shifted from the streets of Minsk and the mass demonstrations to what Tikhanovskaya is doing. Um, however, the disappointment is that Europe, A, has not done much. And to be honest, I can't see that there's much it could do. I mean, if you take this, this Ryanair story, I mean, there was talk of banning Belavia from, from landing anywhere in Europe, of um, closing the borders completely to trade with Belarusia. Mm-hmm. Um, however, push comes to shove, then the UK did ban Belavia from landing. Um, companies now are voluntarily choosing not to fly over Belarusia, but ironically, uh, Ryanair is continuing to fly over Belarusian airspace. And, you know, it's all a bit weak. And in a way, it, it's excusable in so much as the West doesn't have any leverage leverage over Lukashenko. The only person with leverage over Lukashenko is Putin. And he's choosing not because he doesn't want a color revolution. He doesn't want a rapid change. What he wants is to control this, the, the change if there's going to be a change. But I don't know, is, if you were talking to the EU leaders, what would you say? What would you call for? you say radical, harsh sanctions to cut the Belarusian economy off? Is that the answer? Well, I would say, you know, um, because right now, uh, supporting Belarus, supporting keeping Lukashenko's regime alive is uh, not too expensive for Putin, for the Kremlin. Mm. Because right now it costs them, I don't know, two, maybe three billion dollars a year in um in subsidies, in credits, in cheap credits, and so and so on. Uh, but, but that's also because Belarusian economy is still like self-sustainable, mostly because uh, it still uh, has the right. Uh, it still receives cheap Russian oil, produces it, processes it, and then sells it to the West, to the EU. Uh, well, namely on the Rotterdam and uh, London stock exchanges, and. Uh, and uh, that's that's how Belarusian budget. That's what Belarusian budget is made of, because that's that that constitutes about thirty percent of the Belarusian budget revenue. And uh, if the EU will ban uh, completely oil exports, petrochemical exports from Belarus, or uh, potassium fertilizers export for Belarus, because that contributes to another twenty percent of Belarusian budget revenues, mm-hmm. uh, the the Belarusian ca- economy will collapse like overnight. Um, and at the same time, obviously, there is also another view to that, uh, that uh, it would mean that Lukashenko will become uh, completely dependent on Russia and that he would uh, give up Belarusian independence and Belarus will become, I don't know, just another Russian oblast or something. Mm-hmm. But we know as well for a fact that Lukashenko will never do something like that because uh, for him, it would mean the end of uh, his presidency, it would mean the end of uh, his career as a politician. Uh, he he needs Belarus to be independent no matter what, at all costs. Uh, so it seems like he's already preparing for departure, not fast, but 
already doing some some preparation works. You know, there is a constitution commission uh, working on a project on a draft of a new constitution. It's been it's been said that presidential uh, presidential power will be extremely limited because right now presidential decrees that he can. Uh, that he sides by himself, they have more power than uh, the constitution itself, presidential decrees. So this will be changed. Uh, so, um, and I think uh, Lukashenko once, once, um, once the Security Council to became the the mm. main the main decision making body, some sort of like uh, this Tsaka in the USSR. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, he recently signed a decree that in case of his death, in case a president will be murdered. Uh, he made a very big deal out of, 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 of this, this signing. Uh, the whole power in Belarus will be executed by the, not by the prime minister as in the constitution, but by the security council mm-hmm. of uh, com- comprised of the, all these military people, you know, the KGB, the head of the KGB, the, the, all those generals and so on and so forth, which and is... It was, uh, it was expanded recently. I mean, there were new people added to it. So it's effectively become a sort of Politburo, which is dominated it's, by... It, it, Yes, that's what one has been one of the most important like uh, internal change in the Belarusian politics is that we've we've effectively got a Politburo. <laughs> uh, so, um, and in the meantime, uh, but, but, but going, going, going back to your oh, question, right. going back to your question, yeah, uh, I don't. It's 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 been it's been a uh, it's been a uh, it's it's been the topic uh, that uh, Pro Lukashenko. Pro Lukashenko, uh, pe- people who work in in the media in the West, people who work in Western think tanks. There are some people who are actually who actually work for Lukashenko, and they try to push this agenda. They try to push this narrative that if not if Lukashenko, if you push too hard against Lukashenko, if you if you uh, if you impose sanctions that are too 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 serious, that Belarus will become a part of Russia, which I don't think is true at all. Mm. But the, this all plays towards the, the, the theory that the, the Kremlin does want to see him go, but they want to see it in a controlled way and that he's been told he has to go and that he's sort of half accepted it. And the, the issue about the constitutional change, I mean, that's actually moved forward. He's been talking about that for a couple of years and now there's actually been some progress. But um, in so much as, you know, there's a, a draft commission. But he, he was supposed to produce a draft for the, the, the All People's Congress uh, earlier this year and, and he didn't. Now he's saying it's going to come at the end of the year and then there has to be a discussion and then there has to be a referendum and then there has to be elections. So it looks like he's sort of dragging his heels. But that means this whole story, unfortunately, is going to drag on for what looks to me like at least a couple of years. And in the meantime, you've got the repressions and new laws that came out this week, cracking down more on the media. People like Roman have been snatched. He's facing 15 years, years in jail. And you know, poor Belarusian people are going to be suffering, and and still they're they're resisting, they're still complaining, they're still protesting in a small way. But doesn't it just turn into a police state? I mean, that's the only thing holding Lukashenko up now is is the security forces and Russian money. Uh, that's what I was saying because we need to make. Uh Lukashenko a too expensive toy for Putin because right now, as I said, it, it, it costs him two, three billion a year to sustain his regime, uh, or so it was a year ago, two years ago. But right now, uh, I think last year it was the first year since Belarusian independence when uh, there was a budget deficit in Belarus. 
because before that, uh, before that, uh, the the budget was always with profit, and last year the deficit was about twenty percent of budget, of whole budget, mm-hmm. and this year, uh, in the first quarter of the of twenty twenty one, I think the budget the budget deficit became even bigger. Uh, I can provide you with exact figures, but it's more than 35 percent, which is like huge, which is like enormous budget deficit, and it was before even before when. Uh, the U.S. reintroduced those sanctions against Belneptehim, this petrochemical concern, this petrochemical uh, holding, and uh, this uh, and um, this this reintroduction reintroduction of the U.S. sanctions against Belneptehim was the first real like like serious serious action uh, taken by the West since August 2020, uh, and you can you can tell it by the reaction of the authorities. You know. Uh, the amount of the amount of the the the, the 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 Lukashenko lost his nerve, started to shout on the TV again. You know, all those all those officials, top top officials, started to to travel to Novopolotsk, to Mozary, you know, to the cities where 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 the refineries are located, and talking to the to the employees of those of those companies, saying that we'll well that's fine, we'll come up with something. You can see already that uh, uh, they are reorganizing all the petrochemical companies in some new. Um, New commercial bodies. They are now pretending. Who, who now pretend that they are not related, related to the to the government in any way? Uh, they started to share their shares, uh, the governmental shares in those companies. So it's 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 uh, it's uh, the the reintroduction of the U.S. sanctions was the first uh, thing that uh, made those uh, well, Lukashenko's regime to actually worry, yeah. because yeah. before that, you know. The, the the ban on Tertil on Lukashenko on Kachanova to travel to the EU come on they've never tra- they've never traveled to the EU in the first place mm-hmm. you know apart, apart from that what was uh, then I think in the second package the second EU sanctions package there was uh, there was uh, they've included some companies affiliated with the Lukashenko's re- regime some private companies mm-hmm. but the only uh, the only actual businessman who was uh, the only actual Actually, influential businessman uh, who was uh, who found himself on the sanctions list was Shakutin, uh, who owns the company that produces like road building uh, equipment, like I don't know bulldozers and stuff. And uh, it's it's literally a drop in the sea because there are people, and he doesn't export to the EU in, a, in, in you know in the first place. His business is Russia oriented, but those uh, Lukashenko linked businesses businessmen whose businesses are like. EU oriented, like Alexin, like Zaitsev, like all those people who who sell uh, who smuggle contraband cigarettes to the EU, which which amounts to hundreds of millions of dollars a year, they they still somehow uh, avoided the sanctions, which is odd because I mean in Belarus everyone everyone knows that they like they, you can ask Belarusians who are like Lukashenko's money men. And they, everyone will come up with at least like five to ten names, and none of them is in the EU sanctions list. Well, maybe uh, you know this plane incident will will, will change it. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the EU is they're, they're they're freaking out. I mean, they're they're really upset about this, and um, they're talking tough. But like I was saying before, the sanctions that have been proposed so far again hit Belavia and not much else. And I don't think Lukashenko really cares about that. Look, last question. I know you're running out of time. And just briefly, um, Nechte itself, what's the future for, for the channel? I mean, you're going to continue reporting, sharing information. Um, is, is that really all you can do? 
Uh, yeah, that's what we've been doing in the last uh, couple of years. Me, myself, last year. Uh, I mean, we can even uh, go somewhere in the hideout. You know, I have all the administrators' rights. I can post everything here from my laptop. I'm, I'm talking with you right now. Mm-hmm. So even if, I don't know, Stepan is kidnapped, the channel will, the channel will still, be, still be posting something. Um, and the so, people read yeah, it, don't they? I mean, it's a beacon of light, isn't it, in in uh, in Belarus? I mean, keeping everybody informed about what's going on and Lucas. Well, especially been... especially right now, because uh, our not main competitor, our uh, biggest ally, you know, the the largest independent news website, Tut.by, maybe you're aware of that, uh, who is by far uh, more influential than us, Nyakta, like literally a whole different league. Uh, he had a, it, it, the, the website would be why has more visitors than uh, top three largest Polish news websites like Gazeta Wyborcza, Rzeczpospolita and Virtualna Polska combined, even though in absolute numbers, even though the Belarus is like uh, the population of Belarus is four times smaller than uh, the population of Poland. It was it was an abs- absolutely huge to be why. And uh, it, it, it remained neutral no matter what, even uh, under the circumstances uh we have in Belarus uh, after 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 August 2020, it remained neutral and it was the main source of information both for the opposition and for the for the authorities, because it was the only like truly neutral, truly independent website. Because we have our agenda. I, 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 it's not like uh, it's not secret. Uh, uh, we're biased. So is the regime, and uh, the fact that they've decided to attack to buy, they've arrested the entire editorial uh, editorial staff. I think some 15 people are in jail. They've stolen, hijacked its domain name. They've uh, closed closed off their the, their office. Uh, last 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 Monday, it all happened last Monday, and um, then uh, could be why they moved to social media. Uh, they've already had their Telegram channel, their I don't know Facebook channels, whatever. And just a couple of hours ago, uh, the authorities arrested their their SMM people. So we'll see what's going to happen. It seems like uh, you know our 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 work will be even more important than ever because right now it seems like if uh, if if they'll destroy Tutbai completely, mm-hmm. right now they've only destroyed the website, not uh, not the team, not uh, the social media. Uh, if they destroy it completely, it will remain the only uh, the only uh, source of information with uh, like big outreach, with uh, like millions of, of of subscribers, millions of followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll keep keep we'll, we'll we'll keep do what we are doing, and, uh, and I think at this time it's more important than ever. The information is everything. I mean, if you look again, Lukashenko has enraged the whole of Europe. Why? In order to arrest one twenty-six-year-old online editor. If you think about it in those terms, it was insane. But it also highlights the importance of the press, free, you know, the information informing the people what's going on and the work you're doing. Actually, just today I, I saw some, somewhere on Twitter the, the picture from Myanmar, I guess, when uh, there was a protester holding the sign that said, uh, there was the quote of, of this, I don't know, Martin Niemeyer, you know, from the 1930s. Mm. Uh, first, first they came after journalists, mm. uh, and then we don't know what happened because there were no more journalists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, wish so. you, I wish you every success and, and lots of luck and, and be, be safe. Uh, and keep up yeah. with it as well. It's good to talk Thank to you, me. Ben. Great talking to you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have a good evening. You too.